to the Intentional Living Podcast, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and challenge to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's Practical Insights. Hi, it's Brenda with a friendly hello from Intentional Living. I have a question to start our podcast for today. If you had to summarize your life in one nutshell sentence, what would you say? Perhaps you would talk about your background or your schooling and your degree, or it might be important that you mention your family. Some would feel fulfilled by talking about their career. Others might mention additional things that they cherish most. It could be a whole list of different things. Some of you might talk about some very real struggles that have literally changed your life. Boiling life down to one statement is hard. But if you had to do it, what would you say? The Apostle Paul, who wrote a great portion of the New Testament in the Bible, he said this for his life statement, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That is from Philippians 1, verse 21. Paul had a full and prestigious life before Jesus captivated his heart. Yet something significant changed when he met Jesus by faith. He became so resolved in his faith in Jesus and his desire to be faithful. Life for him was an opportunity to spend it utterly for the interests of Jesus Christ. Being alive meant that he could invest in other people's lives for Jesus. But he clearly stated that he'd rather go to be with Jesus in heaven. Even so, Paul lived a very rich daily life filled with adventures that most of us would only dream of. He had numerous close calls, interviews with famous people, and global travel, most of those privileges while he was in chains. Paul took all those experiences and set them aside for the one thing that had become so important to him, Jesus. Paul willingly embraced lots of suffering and persecutions for the purpose of encouraging believers, training them in righteousness, promoting progress in their development, and enhancing their joy in Jesus Christ. This is what motivated and empowered him through all his struggles. It gave him perspective. How many people do you know that get excited about things like this? Not many talk about these things anymore. Why did Paul focus his energy tenaciously on these points? Well, I think it's because of Jesus. Paul came to terms with who Jesus is. And what did he conclude? Well, he concluded that Jesus is absolutely everything he claims. That is pretty significant. In fact, it's a life changer. It was for Paul, and it can be for you and me. 
This is exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul, who started as Saul. God had to get in his face a little bit to show him some things. And Paul was smart. Even when he was Saul, he was smart. He listened, looked, and then made some good life decisions. This began his journey of very real struggles. Paul expressed what each true follower of Jesus desires, a deep love for Jesus, a resolved commitment to God and His will, His agenda, a life that revolves around Christ, which takes them back to the original design that God created for human beings. These followers' desires and pursuits are set firmly. They've made up their mind. Jesus is first in their affections, their priorities, and their values. Let me repeat those. Their affections, priorities, and values. They have made Jesus first in those three categories. Being firmly planted, their feelings, emotions, and attitudes, and you can throw moods in there too, those are still a part of their life, but they become much less vital. These are more successfully managed and monitored. Why? Because their focus is clear. They have identified what matters most, and they've decided to live for those things and set some of the other things that are still present off to the side a bit. Let's look at affections, priorities, and values just briefly and why they are helpful markers for a godly life. Affections. They are desires that are set on Jesus alone. In fact, they are a testimony that He is your highest gain and your greatest love. Everything else is second. Priorities. This says that Jesus is first, most, and best. He establishes what is important in your daily issues. In other words, He's interested in every single tiny thing in your life. And he helps you to do it well according to priorities that center on God's will and God's agenda. Let's talk about values. They express what you esteem. And when you get them lined up correctly with God, it actually expresses what God values. In other words, you adopt his motives and his agenda as your own. Just to be forthright at this point, these three things fixed on Jesus change absolutely everything in your life. This reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 25, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What a super-focused statement, and it promises a lot. Even with all this in place, and by that I mean your decision for Christ 
and your resolve to be faithful and to train in godliness, life is still full of difficulties, hardships, disappointments, and lots of unknowns. The struggles are real. Life can be quite painful. I'm sure you've found that out by now. Even on a good day, you can wrestle with a strange kind of sadness. You may end up being slandered, ostracized, and persecuted, and many times unfairly. Some days you may even feel that you have lost everything. You're not alone. The Apostle Paul felt all those things. God knows and He cares. Psalm 40 verse 5 says that God's thoughts toward you, which are already bountiful, are multiplied as you go through real struggles. Life was never intended to be so hard. God created life to be very good, in fact, perfect. Everything changed when people began to question God's goodness and His intentions. That, of course, was the original sin, and it remains the temptation under all sin. Sin tarnishes your life story, your your life epistle. It's what people look at and they kind of virtually read as they watch your life. That life epistle becomes a different story than you planned as you walk through your days because life rarely turns out the way you picture it in your mind when you start. A believer in Jesus can rise up to a place of excellent character. No matter what happens, if they are fully surrendered, they will conduct themselves in a manner worthy of God's affections, priorities, and values. And that's not saying that anyone can earn those things, but what it's saying is that the character that a person lives is actually lined up with what God desires. Then those people will bring all that is theirs to manage into congruency. They will literally line up their thoughts, their words, their habits, their secret places with the undeserved gift of holiness that Jesus put on them when they trusted Him for salvation. That's kind of a big wow statement. These people stand firm. They also have a nutshell statement of priorities despite real struggles. The sign that sets these folks apart, that they will be saved while others who don't trust God's grace will be destroyed, and by the way, that's directly out of Scripture, the sign is courage. That's in verse 28 from the Philippians passage that we're talking about today. These people stand firm in opposition. They're willing to suffer for Christ because they get who He is, absolutely everything He claims. This is a common theme among serious Christians. The most amazing insight these folks have is their understanding of two gifts. These gifts are amazing to me. 
when I discovered them in Scripture, it really caught my attention. I'm not sure I was really excited about it because one of them is pretty awesome and the other one maybe not so much, except maybe it really is. The one gift which is so undeserved is the incredible opportunity to believe on Jesus and know Him intimately. The other gift that doesn't really seem like a gift sometimes is to suffer for Him. These gifts are both mentioned in Philippians. The Christians who are firmly planted see both of them as a privilege to receive. Their struggles are for real, but their heart is so in love with Jesus that they would die or live to accomplish whatever He values. So that's a lot of great information. How can you apply it? Let me ask you some questions, because you, listening to the Holy Spirit, are the one who needs to decide what your action steps are going to be. They're going to be different for everyone. First of all, are you growing deeper in the knowledge and depth of insight as you explore knowing Jesus Christ? Do you love Him enough to suffer for Him and for your faith in Him? Where have you set your affections? Have you clearly identified your priorities? I suggest writing them down and reviewing them often so that you can rise above when you have real struggles. To what endeavors do you give your energy and your strength every day? Do these values line up with God's? If any person around you in your generation were to summarize your life in one nutshell sentence, what would they say? If God were to summarize your life in one nutshell sentence, what would He say? As you go through very real struggles, remember, God is with you, and He knows how to make your life count. Why don't you trust Him? to the intimate detail. Walk with Him. Desire Him more than anything. And just see what might happen. This is Brenda with the Intentional Living Podcast. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with the Intentional Living Podcast. Visit the Intentional Living website at www.intentionallivingministry.org your web-based home for resources and articles to help you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on the Intentional Living email list and get a free ebook on how to get into God's Word with a super busy life. Brenda's prayer is that you will grow in grace and strength to live your daily life in God's power.